Welcome to Jesus Loves the World podcast. For more information and free resources, visit our website, jesuslovestheworld.info. Be blessed, empowered, and transformed in Jesus' name. Today we start our new series titled, Close Encounters. We'll begin with the first recorded visitation of the angel of the Lord on earth. The angel of the Lord being God himself. Not an angel sent by God, but God himself. Surprisingly, the first visitation is to a slave girl. If we did not know, we would probably assume that the first appearance would have been to one of the heroes of faith. Someone such as Abraham, Moses, someone called by God to a greater purpose. Yet we learn in Genesis that the first recorded appearance was to an Egyptian slave girl, a bondservant of Sarai, who was later to be renamed Sarah. God gave Abram, who was later to be renamed Abraham, a promise that they would conceive a child. They would have the child of promise. Yet Abram and his wife Sarai were old and had not conceived in all their many years of marriage. So Sarai, in her misguided wisdom, decided to take on the burden of fulfilling God's promise herself. She instructed her servant Hagar to sleep with her husband for the sole purpose of giving him an heir. This was not God's plan or will. But Abram and Sarai actioned the deed regardless. Each one was in bondage to their corrupted self or flesh, trying to make their own desires come to pass. Abram wanted an heir. Sarai wanted to maintain power and control over her husband. Hagar's true character was exposed when she became pregnant. She was prideful and resented Sarah. The Bible tells us that her mistress became despised in her eyes. That's strong words. Sarah's response was to deal with her harshly. Once again in bondage to her flesh, Sarah abuses her power. Abram totally absolved any responsibility and told Sarah to do what she wants with Hagar. What a dysfunctional household. Abram bowed to his flesh and agreed to sleep with Hagar. Sarai's resentment was exposed after Hagar conceived. Hagar bowed to her flesh by flaunting her pregnancy and despising Sarai. Each one in bondage to their flesh. As a result, abusing power and each other to get what they want. In fact, the resultant hurt and pain from such an action continues throughout the generations, even to this day. Consequently, Hagar, true to her name, which means flight, fled to the wilderness, to a place of greater bondage, a wilderness of rejection, brokenness, loneliness and pain. 
she ran and she ran. The security and sense of belonging was long gone. She was now in the wilderness on the road to eternal darkness and death. Yet she carried life in her. She came to a spring, a place of physical refreshing. And in her darkest hour, she had a close encounter with the Eternal One. He found her in her loneliness, rejection, brokenness and pain. He reached down to her and called her by name. He is the friend of the friendless. He includes the outcast. His love goes so deep and never-ending. And centuries later, the greatest revelation of God's love was the Son of God, God himself, became wrapped in humanity and met another outcast woman at another well. And I encourage you to listen to our podcast in the heat of the day and discover how a close encounter with the living God changed everything for that outcast woman and her village for all eternity. But back to Hagar in Genesis chapter 16, verse 7 to 8. Now the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, by the spring on her way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, Sarai's maid, where have you come from and where are you going? She said, I am fleeing from the presence of my mistress Sarai. God loves each one equally. He loved Hagar as much as he loved Abram. He sought and found her. Of course, to God she was not lost because he sees and knows all things. He knows where she is. He knows that she will come to this spring and he will reveal himself to her in an intimate and personal way that only he can. But to Hagar herself, she was lost. She knew she was lost in her pride, darkness and shame. Yet God's love is so great, he relentlessly pursues in love. Even those he knows will reject him. Even in rebellion and disobedience, he continues to pursue, going into the darkest places of where we choose to go, with the one sole purpose to bring things in one in Christ Jesus, to bring us back to himself, to set us free. He is true to himself and desires that no one should perish. Yet everyone has free choice to receive him and be truly free or reject him and remain in bondage to self. The first aspect we learn about God from this text is God pursues in love. We learn from verse 8 that the angel of the Lord called her by name. How special, how intimate, how personal. He said, Hagar. In calling her by name, he gave her respect. 
something she had longed for but could never attain because her social status and negative words and abusive treatment had formed her identity. She could not confront her own fears nor let go of the pain. She was powerless. Instead, running away for her was her only option. The angel of the Lord asks, From where have you come and to where are you going? God knows everything. He doesn't need to know the answer of a question that he already knows the answer to. Hagar needs to know. In asking the question, she is empowered to confront her own shadows from which she is running. The Lord wants to open her eyes to the fact that in remaining in the shadows of her hurt and pain, she would never be truly free. Running away or withdrawing is no answer. So Hagar replied, I am fleeing from my mistress Sarai. Sarai was not the only one or thing she was running from. She was running away from being free of the bondage of her flesh and receiving God's freedom and victory. As he is rich in mercy, the Eternal One called her by name, gave her respect, acknowledged their relationship and spoke life and light into a situation. The second aspect we learn about God from this text is that God gives respect. God also gives Hagar a purpose, wrapped up in a personal promise. Genesis chapter 16, verse 9 to 12. The angel of the Lord said to her, Return to your mistress and submit yourself under her hand. Then the angel of the Lord said to her, I will multiply your descendants exceedingly, so that they shall not be counted for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her, Behold, you are with child, and you shall bear a son. You shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord has heard your affliction. He shall be a wild man, his hand shall be against every man, and every man's hand against him and he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. The angel of the Lord said to her, Return to your mistress and submit yourself under her hand. Let us be very clear. God does not approve of abusive behaviour or dysfunctional relationships. He does not endorse slavery. These things are not of God. They are from a corrupted humanity in bondage to selfish desires of the corrupted self or the flesh. The flesh that lusts for power and control. However, God knows that from surrender of the flesh comes victory. Through letting go of the hurt and the pain, Hagar will be able to receive healing. 
As a result, you'll be able to live in the identity and promise of God instead of the bondage of the marred identity of the past. Yet nothing could be harder than to let go of the unforgiveness, bitterness or wrongs. The flesh holds on to the power and its self-destructive grip is very tight. Yet through a close encounter with the Eternal One who created heaven and earth and all things good, she is empowered to be humble. When we have a close encounter with the Eternal One and see His glory, we cannot help be humble. In humility, the bondage of pride is broken, self-respect is gained, and freedom is released. Let's look in detail the promise that God gave personally to Hagar. God said you are with child and shall bear a son. In her wilderness she carries life, a destiny of a nation. His name shall be called Ishmael, which literally means God hears. So every time she calls the name of her son, she will remember that time when the Eternal One found her in the deepest, darkest place and spoke light and life into her. God will look after her. He hears her. He revealed himself to her. And he gave her promise. Her son will also come to know of God through his own name. Just like his mother and everyone else, he will have a free choice to surrender to God or remain in bondage to self and others. In verse 12 of Genesis chapter 16, God speaks out what will take place. He, as in Ishmael, shall be a wild man. His hand shall be against every man, and every man's hand against him. This is not God's heart for Ishmael to be against every man. Yet it is the path that God knows that Ishmael will choose to take. God continues to pursue in love to set Ishmael free. We learn later in Genesis that when Ishmael was a boy, he and Hagar were again cast out from the family. This time for Ishmael's scoffing and persecution of Isaac, who was the miracle child from God to Abraham and Sarah. Ishmael and Hagar were in the wilderness and about to die. Yet the text tells us that God heard the cries of the boy and provided water. He grew up in the wilderness and God was with him. God heard and still hears the cries of all, whether they are his or not. The third aspect we learn about God from this text is that God hears the cries. In verse 10, we read the promise given to Hagar. The angel of the Lord said, I will multiply your descendants exceedingly, so that they shall not be counted for multitude. History proved God fulfilled his promise. 
The descendants of Ishmael became a great nation, not only in number, but in science, art, and wealth. So the fourth aspect we learn about God from the text is that God fulfills his promises. So what was Hagar's response? Genesis chapter 16, verse 13 to 16. Then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees. For she said, Have I also here seen him who sees me? Therefore the well shall be called Beer Lehoi Ro. Observe, it is between Kadesh and Berid. So Hagar bore Abram a son. And Abram named his son, whom Hagar bore, Ishmael. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abram. Hagar's beautiful response was a confession of faith. She called the well which is translated, the well of the one who lives and sees me. What a powerful revelation of his presence. The physical well became her spiritual well. A close encounter with the one who lives and sees me. This was not just a physical place. As God is above space and time. He is eternal and spiritual. And an actual physical well in ancient times was the source of life. It also became the place of encounter and power. You own the well and you own the region, as everyone was dependent on the water that it gives. For us today, we need to daily visit the well of the one who lives and sees me, the source of life and refreshing to come into his presence with a heart-mind condition of surrender and drink his living waters freely. This is what I call the secret of success. It's an acknowledgement in surrender that he is the source of life. He is the ultimate power and authority. And we can come boldly to him through our relationship in Jesus and surrender all and receive more of him. The first encounter by the angel of the Lord on earth was to the mother of Ishmael, a bondwoman. In her darkest hour, she received a revelation of the Eternal One, the God who pursues in love, gives respect, hears the cries of all and fulfills every promise he has made. May we each day be diligent and have a close encounter with him, the God who lives and sees me. Drinking freely, directly from the giver of life itself, with a heart and mind condition of surrender. For more information and free resources, visit our website, jesuslovestheworld.info. Be blessed, empowered and transformed in Jesus' name.